Have you ever looked back on a conversation you had with someone, realized you overshared way too much, and then that embarrassment sinks in? Same. Well, it's not a symptom of BPD per se. Oversharing is an incredibly common experience for people with BPD. Once you start, it's almost like you have no breaks. And by the end of it, you've basically told your entire traumatic life story and freaked the other person out. Why do we do this? <laughs> and how do we stop? Like, how do we build our boundary power around this and other things too? Like people pleasing. You're about to find out in this whole boundary crash course. Let's dive in. Starting out in my recovery journey, I quickly learned what boundaries were, and I realized I had the shittiest boundaries. Like, I would jump into relationships way too fast by laying all of my problems out with the idea that, like, it's just better to get all that stuff out of the way, right? I trusted people automatically instead of letting them earn my trust, and would later be screwed over, and then wonder why. I would say yes to everything, even things that threatened my well-being and my safety. Because I was scared of saying no, and then that person wouldn't like me anymore. I would be abandoned or rejected, right? I had no concept of boundaries because of how I grew up. I thought that this was how you develop relationships with people. And when I would either be too much for people, they would leave or I would gradually build resentment for people because my boundaries were too spongy and I would be a doormat. So in what ways can people with BPD struggle with having poor boundaries? People with BPD often do struggle with really poor boundaries in several ways. The driving force behind this is someone's fear of abandonment, right? People with BPD may have an intense fear of being abandoned by others and that's going to lead them to cling to relationships or become overly dependent on others for validation and support. Oftentimes, they can have difficulty saying no. People with BPD may struggle to set limits on their own behavior or to assert their own needs and preferences, leading to a pattern of saying yes to others' requests or demands, even when it might not be in their best interest. They might violate other people's boundaries, Right? They might engage in pushing other people's boundaries, like invading other people's personal space, even using threats or coercion to get their needs met, which can damage relationships, and it leads to conflict. And there's oversharing, right? People with BPD might share too much personal information too quickly, even with people they've just met, and it can make others feel really uncomfortable and overwhelmed. So these are just a few ways and not everyone with BPD is gonna struggle with all these issues, right? These are some common ways that people with BPD might struggle with boundaries in the relationships. 
what does it mean to have personal boundaries anyway? Well, personal boundaries are pretty much like the limits that people set for themselves in order to define their own physical, emotional, and psychological space. Okay, so note that this is, this is limits that you set for yourself. They are not limits that you set for other people. Personal boundaries control your own behavior in response to other people's behavior. They do not control other people's behavior. So they're a way of defining what's acceptable and what is not in terms of behavior, communication, and interaction with other people. Personal boundaries can take different forms depending on the person and the situation. Some examples are things like physical boundaries, so the physical space around you. This includes things like your personal space, who can touch you, and sexual boundaries, right? So an example of a physical boundary would be, for me, I don't really like hugs from just anyone. People I'm not very close with in my personal space. I don't like that, you know, and that's okay. And other people really love hugs and your boundaries can change too. Like when I was younger, I hugged everybody, right? Like there was just, I was just a really huggy person. I was a very affectionate person physically. And as time has gone on and, you know, experiences in my life have changed me, um, I've adjusted my boundaries. And currently my personal boundary around physical space is I don't like people really up close in my space and I don't like being hugged and that's fine. Another one would be emotional boundaries, right? So this is the limits around your emotions, your feelings, your personal experiences. Might include things like privacy and emotional sharing, emotional support. Something like this would be like not letting just anyone force their help upon you. For example, I my emotional boundary is I don't accept emotional support from just anyone. I only I have only a few people that I go to for emotional support because I trust them. Right? So I will not accept emotional support from people I don't trust. They might be things like uh, if someone's invalidating your personal experiences, you might choose to not talk to that person anymore, right? So I don't allow people I, I don't allow someone's invalidation of my personal experiences to influence my thoughts around personal experiences. So for example, if someone is victim blaming me, I don't allow that victim blaming to change my perception and change my attitude about the things that have happened to me. Intellectual boundaries Things like personal beliefs, opinions, values, like even your intellectual property, your opinions, you have a right to your opinion on things. So a boundary would be, you know, if someone's trying to force your opinion on something and you really just don't agree, the boundary would be, well, I don't, I don't entertain conversations where someone's not respecting my opinion. Another one that a lot of people don't think about or that isn't talked about enough, in my opinion, is time boundaries. This refers to the limits around people's personal time, like scheduling and prioritizing activities. So you can have, people have time boundaries all the time and you probably don't even know it. For example, like a boundary around your time would be, I only accept phone calls from work 
before 7 p.m. And then after that, that's that's it. I don't need to be contacted after 7 p.m. That's my time. That's my that's my personal time. Work is not allowed, right? That's a time boundary. It's a good time boundary. So having personal boundaries is really important for maintaining your sense of self-respect and your self-worth. And it also creates healthy relationship with others. It maintains them. Boundaries allow you to protect yourself from harm, to communicate your needs and preferences clearly, to establish a sense of trust and mutual respect in your relationships, right? So without personal boundaries, you're constantly going to feel overwhelmed or taken advantage of, or you're constantly going to feel like you just can't assert your own needs and wants. And doesn't that, doesn't that sound miserable? That is miserable, right? And that was me. I just did not have pretty much any boundaries. I was exhausted all the time. What are examples of unhelpful boundaries? Like, how do you know if your boundaries are shitty? <laughs> I say shitty. That's a little bit of a judgment. Like, unhelpful is definitely a much better word, but... Shitty is just feels better coming out of my mouth. There's spongy boundaries and there's rigid boundaries. And those are used to describe just two different ways that people might struggle with setting and holding healthy boundaries. Let's talk about spongy boundaries first. These are boundaries that are kind of weak or they're porous boundaries. Um, that's why they're called spongy boundaries because nobody says porous, right? <laughs> So people with spongy boundaries might struggle to maintain a clear sense of self. They're going to be really overly accommodating and agreeable. Like they're extreme people pleasers and they have difficulty saying no and asserting their own needs and preferences. When you have spongy boundaries, this can really lead to feelings of overwhelm, exhaustion. You build up resentment for people in your life because you might find yourself frequently taking on the needs and emotions of other people at the expense of your own well-being. That's a really common quiet BPD thing. I'll tell you a little bit of a story about spongy boundaries. I really like this story. I remember this story when I think about whether or not my boundaries are being too spongy or not. On a sweltering summer day, a woman with a jug of ice-cold water stood at a bustling street corner her eyes scanning the crowds for anyone in need. Beads of sweat dripped down her forehead in the unrelenting heat. As people bustled past, the woman stepped forward with a warm smile and offered water to anyone who would take it. Many passed by without a second glance, but others gratefully accepted her offer and drank a cup from the jug. The woman gave and gave, pouring out the cool, refreshing water until the jug was nearly empty. But still, she offered what remained to those who passed by, suppressing her own growing thirst. And as the day wore on and the sun beat down, the woman's throat grew parched. She was so, so thirsty. But she felt guilty at the thought of having water for herself. If I have water for myself, someone else won't get to drink it, 
finally, the jug ran dry, and the woman was left with nothing to quench her own thirst with. So I remember that story whenever I think about having spongy boundaries and being a people pleaser, right? Like, I am seriously a recovering people pleaser. I would feel guilty about taking care of my own needs before someone else's. But it's kind of the same concept as when you're on a plane and they tell you that you need to, in the event of an emergency and those those air masks drop down, you specifically have to put your own mask on first before assisting somebody else. Because if you can't breathe, how can you help someone else? Right? It's the same concept. If you aren't taking care of yourself and you feel crappy all the time and you're exhausted, how are you going to be able to help somebody else? You're pouring from an empty jug. So that's about spongy boundaries. On the flip side, what about like too firm boundaries? Like really rigid boundaries. Rigid boundaries is used to describe people who have really inflexible boundaries that are too strict. People with rigid boundaries, they might have a hard time opening up to other people or sharing personal information or engaging in emotional intimacy, right? They, they're fearful of being vulnerable or exposed. And this can lead to a sense of isolation or disconnection from others because they're struggling to establish meaningful relationships or to build trust. Because you're not, trust is built on an exchange of vulnerabilities over time. And if you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable, if you're too scared to be vulnerable in an appropriate way, how are you supposed to build trust? You're just kind of like building a wall. And in both cases, people might benefit from developing more flexible and adaptive boundaries that allow them to protect their own needs and their well-being while also engaging in healthy and meaningful relationships with other people. Healthy balance between firmness and flexibility. That is the key to establishing and maintaining healthy personal boundaries. And these are something that you need to think about for yourself. Boundaries are going to look different. For example, I personally don't like to be hugged a lot. I don't like people in my physical, personal space. But it might be different for you. You might be a more physically affectionate person and you do like hugs. You do like hugging people. You like hugging all kinds of people. As long as you're taking some time for yourself to consider what is acceptable for me, what am I comfortable with, and what am I not comfortable doing. What is oversharing? I'm sure maybe you know what oversharing is. For me, I wasn't sure what oversharing was until I really reflected on myself and realized that I do overshare. When you're oversharing, you're disclosing too much personal information, especially in situations where it's just not appropriate or necessary. Necessary is a big thing. Like, even if it's not necessarily inappropriate, 
there are some times where it's just not necessary. You don't need to do this. And when you have BPD, it's really hard to figure out what that shit means, right? People may overshare about their emotions or their experiences or their opinions without considering boundaries or comfort levels of the person they're speaking to, right? That's how oversharing happens. Have you ever been approached on like the subway or some other place in public and some random stranger starts talking to you and then before you know it, they're telling you their entire traumatic life story in great detail. And you're wondering like, oh shit, okay, well I have to get off soon. I don't wanna like be dismissive or rude, but like I really have to go soon. Oh my God, I'm just so uncomfortable. And this is like, I just wanna go, I just wanna go do the thing and I'm just trying to get groceries, man. Like, has that ever happened to you? That happened to me a lot when I lived in Toronto. The amount of oversharing strangers on the TTC that I ran into that I was somehow just like, the person that these oversharers would go to it happened a lot and when it happens it makes you pretty uncomfortable doesn't it like it can leave you really drained emotionally i find that i get irritable and my energy is drained after this happens like the intimate details this person is telling me is not appropriate for sharing given the nature of our relation to each other right i'm overwhelmed by someone i'm not close with at all telling me personal details about their life that I have no business knowing because we just met each other, right? Like, I'm just trying to do groceries. And I'm trying to get groceries and I'm just sitting on the TTC and all of a sudden this person just starts, like, telling me that their mom threw them off a cliff when they were a baby and then someone caught them and then now they're just... And just blah, 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 fast forward and now they're back here in Toronto somehow because they like swam across the ocean and it was very like it was a whole ordeal like what I didn't even ask I'm like what so anyway I digress I realized that just because I'm not trauma dumping to strangers on the TTC doesn't mean I wasn't doing this to the people around me in my own life and I realized that indeed uh, I might have been a bit much for some people causing them to leave me not saying that it's like my fault it's not it's not like that it's not like well it's my fault that I that people left it's it's just painting a clearer picture of like okay I might have overwhelmed people and they have pulled away People with BPD have trouble regulating their emotions and they can impulsively share personal details as a way of seeking validation or connection or relief. And while some level of self-disclosure can be helpful in building connections and fostering trust, it comes back down to that balance, right? Oversharing is gonna have some negative consequences. It's gonna make people uncomfortable and in turn, it's gonna damage your relationships because you're making people really uncomfortable. Now, when I was first kind of trying to eliminate my oversharing, I was like, well, why is this such a big deal? Like, why do people get so overwhelmed by this, right? Like, if you can't handle me, these things about me, then like, fine. Like, maybe I don't wanna be around these people who can't handle me talking about all of my problems. How does oversharing damage relationships. It can have both short-term and long-term effects. 
on all kinds of relationships. One of the ways that it damages relationships is, like I said, the discomfort aspect, right? Oversharing can make the listener feel really uncomfortable and overwhelmed. Um, even like a little bit violated, right? Especially if the information shared is really personal or sensitive. So this kind of discomfort, it can, it can strain the relationship and it makes the listener less likely to want to engage with someone who's oversharing. Like in the future, they're just like, okay, I don't want to get into anything other than small talk with this person because it's just too much. It's just very overwhelming. I, I do not have the emotional capacity for this. Um, I, I can't handle it. It can also damage trust in a relationship. It can erode trust because the listener might feel that if someone's oversharing, they can't be relied upon to respect their boundaries or keep their personal information confidential. If you're oversharing, not just about yourself, but you might be oversharing about other people. You know, the listener's gonna be like, oh, okay, I can't share information about myself. Like, I can't be vulnerable with this person because they can't keep a secret. They're gonna overshare. Or they can't be trusted to respect boundaries. Like, I can't trust this person to... I can't trust that they're not going to turn the conversation into a whole overwhelming overshare session you know, um, I can't trust this person to respect my, or consider my boundaries. So it does erode trust that way. It can also kind of lead to people getting a bit resentful. It can cause a bit of an imbalance. So if you're oversharing, it can create an imbalance in that relationship you have with someone where, you know, one person's doing all the sharing and then the other one's doing all the listening, and the person who's listening gets really exhausted, and it leads to resentment or frustration. And I know that a lot of people will say, well, it's up to the listener to, like, assert their boundary. Okay, fair, but it's easier said than done, because when someone's oversharing to you, or, like, even trauma dumping, it's easier said than done to just, like, cut it off and just be like, okay, listen, I don't have time for this, and I need to go, and I'm really sorry. Like, it feels insensitive. Like, you don't want to be insensitive, and so instead you just kind of have to hold space for that person that they're forcing you to hold, and, you know, it leads to resentment or frustration. And finally, like, oversharing in itself can be kind of a form of violating other people's boundaries. If you're sharing information that's really inappropriate or unwanted, you know, stuff that people didn't ask for, this can really create a sense of mistrust and resentment. Like, if someone's oversharing to me and we're not that close yet, and then all of a sudden they're telling me, like, extensive details about their sex life that I didn't ask for, that's uncomfortable. That's pretty inappropriate. I know that people can tend to overshare to me because I come off as really easygoing and chill. I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable. I don't like people, I like people to feel like they can be themselves around me, which is great, but it also means that like sometimes oversharers will come to me and they'll be like, people will tell me about their sex life and I'm just like, okay, whoa. Like I am an open-minded person, 
but you can't, like, if we just met and I'm telling you that I'm really open-minded and it's very clear that I'm open-minded, that doesn't give you permission to start telling me about, like, your foot fetish, right? And, like, the the things that you're doing in your spare time involving your foot fetish. Like, please don't do this. So, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know where that freaking example came from. Foot fetish? Anyway. But, yeah, just overall, sh- oversharing can have really negative effects on relationships. Especially if it occurs frequently, if it occurs without regard for others' boundaries or comfort levels, right? It's important to be mindful of your sharing habits and communicate in a way that respects the needs and boundaries of people. Even if you feel like you're not in a crisis or anything, if you ever do feel the urge to overshare, it might be best to just think a little bit before speaking and just take a moment, like use the stop skill and just like stop, take a pause right? And assess, like, okay, should I maybe ask this person before sharing it with them? Or should I, you know, can I ask this person if they can hold space for this? How do we know if something is, like, a healthy vent versus, like, oversharing versus like the other end of the spectrum where it's like straight up trauma dumping. I will explain. Venting involves expressing your emotions and your thoughts and your frustrations in a healthy and constructive way. So it's typically done with the intention of seeking validation or support. Like that's fine. And it might involve expressing negative emotions, but it's mostly focused on finding solutions to problems and, like, processing difficult situations in a healthy manner. Harmless venting, it doesn't keep repeating the same topic, right? It doesn't keep going around in circles, on and on. It's time-boxed, right? Like, you can stop at any time, really, and you're fine. Um, it doesn't get off-topic or irrelevant, It's not one-sided. So if you're venting about a situation at work, for example, you're not making this like an entirely one-sided conversation or you're not giving a one-sided account of what happened. You're still taking accountability for the part that you might have played in the situation. And you're open to solutions. You're open to solutions after being able to let out what you're feeling. That's harmless venting. That's chill. That builds relationships here for it. Oversharing, on the other hand, involves divulging too much personal information or details about your life, and it often stems from a need for attention or validation, similar to venting. Like, these both have the intention of getting validation or support, but oversharing goes beyond harmless venting, and it can be a really unhealthy way of seeking connection. Then you can go into like straight up trauma dumping. So dumping's a bit different. You've likely heard the term trauma dumping. What does it actually mean to trauma dump? Dumping, (laughs) word dump, sorry, I'm trying not to laugh at the word dump. I'm mentally 12. I swear I'm 28. Um, 
dumping involves unloading your emotions and problems onto another person without any regard for their feelings or boundaries. So it can be really harmful and damaging to the listener who might feel overwhelmed by the other person's problems. Signs that someone's dumping on you if they're like overwhelming you with many different issues and they sound like a broken record, right? They, they keep repeating the same thing. If you're dumping on someone, you're going to be blaming everyone else and you're, you're pretty much in victim mode or you're playing kind of this wounded bird role. There's not really any accountability for any kind of part that you might have played in the situation. You're not open to solutions. It's just kind of this cyclical, hopeless, like, everything sucks. You know, why does this always happen to me? It keeps going. It has no regard for the listener's time. Usually people who are dumping are not only just closed to solutions, like, they are blatantly rejecting obvious solutions and denying hard truths. So how can someone with BPD develop healthy boundaries and maintain them in their relationships? Developing and maintaining healthy boundaries can be really challenging for people with BPD. I know, I know for a fact, but it is possible with the right strategies and support. You can start by identifying your personal values and needs. And this can help you establish clear boundaries and communicate them effectively to others. You can ask yourself things like, what is important to me in my relationships? And what are my limits? What are things that I will not do? What are things that I would prefer not to engage in with people? You can practice assertiveness. If you're a recovering people pleaser like myself, assertiveness does not come easy it it feels like aggression like assertiveness and aggressive behavior to people pleasers feels like the same thing it's not practice with smaller things and then you can build up so practice on small things first if you're really uncomfortable saying no and you have a hard time saying no i started out saying no to things like, if someone wanted me to go out with them for whatever reason and I didn't feel like it, you can practice saying no that way. You can be like, mm, no, I have actually another thing that day. I'm really sorry. Right? Instead of being like, yeah, oh my god. And then, like, the day of just, like, canceling and being like, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> right? Practice saying no just to small things. You can also set realistic expectations, okay? So be realistic about what you can and cannot do. It's important to set boundaries that are realistic and sustainable rather than trying to meet everyone's needs at the expense of your own well-being, okay? You're just going to exhaust yourself. Know your bandwidth. And that takes time too. You're not going to know it right away. But, like, be honest with yourself, there's a different, there's an expectation versus a reality. And there's thing, there are things that you know that you don't have the time or the capacity to do. And there's things where, yeah, you could maybe like squeeze it in a little bit here and there, right? Finally, you can actually seek support if you need to, right? So you can reach out to your therapist. You can reach out to a support group or someone you trust for 
a little bit of help in developing your boundaries and maintaining your boundaries too, right? They can provide feedback. You can get guidance. You can get support as you navigate those boundaries in your relationships. Like it does help to just talk to someone you trust and be like, hey, am I being unreasonable right now? Like, I don't want to do this. I don't know. Like, what do you think, right? It's not necessarily, you don't need to ask them every single time but sometimes if when you're learning boundaries it does help to ask people like yeah is this reasonable like is this normal I don't know can you help me right I do that all the time I still do that not as much anymore because I've gotten a lot better but when I was on like a whole boundary power journey when I was like building my boundary power I needed to ask for help a lot and insight from other people How can someone with BPD strike a balance between being open and honest about their feelings while also respecting their own and others' boundaries? Like, how do you find that balance? It can be really hard. You can start by being, working on being mindful of your own emotional state. So, like I said before, before expressing your feelings, take a moment to check in with yourself and really assess how you're feeling. And I know this is easier said than done. Like, these things all take practice. If you're experiencing intense emotions or you feel like you might be at risk of acting impulsively, it might be helpful to just take a break. Give yourself some time to bring down the intensity of that emotion before engaging in a conversation. Use I statements. And I know this is a cliche, but it, it's true, and I'm going to explain why. When you're expressing your feelings, try to use I statements rather than you statements. For example, I feel really hurt when I get left on red all day, rather than you always make me feel like shit when you leave me on red. It does make a difference. This can help you express your own feelings while also respecting the other person's boundaries and avoiding blame or criticism. And when you use I statements like that, it prevents the other person from reacting as well and getting defensive because it's not an attacking statement. This one's a big one, especially if you're trying to eliminate oversharing. Be respectful of other people's boundaries. Right? So being mindful of other people's boundaries and respecting their right to privacy or to set their own limits. You don't need to be a mind reader. right? You can't just assume everyone's boundaries all the time, but generally it's good to be mindful of things that are appropriate versus not, necessary versus not. So if someone's not comfortable discussing a particular topic... Try to find a different way to express your feelings if you need to, whether that be journaling. You know, I usually journal or I, I type on my notes app. Use positive coping skills. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, it's good to use coping skills to help you manage your emotions. And this can include things like deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation. Sometimes I'll do those things, but mostly I'll just do a calming activity. Like, I'll just listen to some chill music. Like, I'll listen to my lo-fi beats. 
if I feel like I really need to just dump my feelings out, I don't trauma dump to people anymore. I usually type out my thoughts in the notes app, or if I'm alone, I will talk to myself. And it's not dumping when it's to yourself, obviously. So I just if you have issues with talking to yourself, just you're not weird. It's not weird to talk to yourself. It's fine. Another thing is just ask directly. So before you vent, ask the person if they're able to listen. And you don't have to be like, hey, I'm just wondering if you have a moment to um, hold space for me. You don't, you don't need to speak in therapy talk. You can just be like, yo, can I just vent for a second? Hey, can I get your advice on something that I'm really struggling with? Hey man, is this a good time to ask your opinion on a problem I'm having? Right? You can say all these things. Like, this is a great way to respect someone's boundaries and kind of like, okay, so I'm asking for permission before proceeding first. And then they're, I'm putting the ball in their court to let me know if they have the capacity for this or if they don't. And if they don't, then I obviously I will not proceed. Right? So remember that finding a balance between openness and respecting boundaries is an ongoing process, okay? And it requires patience and practice and a lot of self-reflection. So be patient with yourself, okay? And after time, like you're not going to be able to get this right away. Sometimes you might overshare accidentally still while you're learning this and that's okay. Forgive yourself, right? You can you can tell yourself like, okay, I'm still learning, still trying. I accidentally overshared and you know I'm gonna keep going and I'm gonna keep trying not to do that I'm gonna keep doing some self-reflection so with time and support you can seriously you can develop healthy relationships that respect boundaries and this is truly how you build your boundary power I'm going to leave you with a mindfulness exercise that I learned in a DBT course, and I really liked it. If you've never heard of her, this method is by Tara Brack, and it's called the RAIN Method. Tara Brack is a renowned mindfulness teacher who developed the RAIN Method as a tool for cultivating self-compassion when you're feeling something really difficult to sit with. RAIN stands for recognize allow, investigate, and nurture. Let's start. Begin by finding a comfortable seated position, however that may feel to you. I like to sit with my legs crossed in my chair, with my hands in my lap, and my eyes closed. Take a few deep breaths allowing yourself to relax and settle into the present moment. So we're going to inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Now, Bring to mind something that is causing you stress or discomfort 
It could be a difficult emotion, a physical sensation, or a challenging situation in your life. As you bring this to mind, start to explore the RAIN method with me. First, we're going to recognize what is happening. Notice the sensations in your body, and the thoughts in your mind, and the emotions that come up. Try your best to do this with a sense of curiosity and openness, without judging or even resisting what is there. Next, allow whatever is present to be there. You don't need to push it away or try to change it in any way. Just let it be there as it is. Now, investigate what is happening with kindness and curiosity. Explore the sensations in your body, the thoughts in your mind, and the emotions that come up. And ask yourself questions like, what is this feeling trying to tell me? Or, what do I need in this moment? Finally, nurture yourself with self-compassion. Offer yourself kind and caring words. Be nice to yourself. Forgive yourself for feeling this feeling. You can say things like, it's okay to feel this way. I am safe. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And there's nothing wrong with feeling like this. Imagine wrapping yourself in a warm, comforting blanket, if that helps you. As you continue to breathe deeply, see if you can cultivate a sense of calm and ease in your body and your mind. And remember that you can return to this anytime you need a moment of peace and self-care. And that is the RAIN method. So I hope you found this episode on boundaries to be really helpful. In the past, I've struggled a lot with oversharing and being a major people pleaser. I find that building my boundary power has been an ongoing process. It didn't just happen overnight. Sometimes people have asked me like, how have I become so good at asserting myself? And 
there's no secret to it there's it's just practice and i'm gonna be honest with you sometimes i mess up like my people pleasing tendencies can still be there especially in times of conflict i find it really hard sometimes still to assert myself and i also find it hard sometimes when i'm really excited about making new friends or getting to know people or if something really stressful is happening in my life I find it really hard sometimes to resist the urge to overshare and do a whole trauma dump. I had to learn what harmless and like helpful venting actually was and what it looked like. So if you mess up, forgive yourself. It's okay. Keep going, keep practicing, and start small and build your way up. Saying no, trying not to overshare, you know, and eventually you'll build more confidence in your boundaries and in yourself to be able to hold and assert your boundaries so that's it for this week's episode next episode my buddy scott is going to come on and talk about his healing journey and things that have really worked for him things about building a support system and relying on your support system to hold you accountable and keep you going Thank you so much for listening and peace out. Have an amazing day. And I believe in you. You are going to seriously build your boundary power to over 9,000. I'm serious. This is not even your final form. You got this. Okay, goodbye for real. Quiet, not silent. You create a perfect world in our heads. As a matter of fact, I'm